one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Today we have a great malicious compliance story all about who really owns certain things. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, how I managed my first micromanager. Back in 2010, I was working in a training management area within a government department. The job was fairly easy for me. When my original supervisor went on extended leave, so I got a new supervisor that we'll call Agatha, almost immediately Agatha started to micromanage me, even though she didn't really know my job that well, or even half of what my role entailed. Now, I will say that I didn't particularly like Agatha as a person, but I tried to get along with her, even when her management style started to show. In hindsight, I should have worked some internal politics to be removed from the area, but hey, no one said I was smart at 19. The section started to have some underlying tension until one day she called me into a meeting and, long convo cut short, said the magic words, you need to do what I tell you to do and not what you think you need to do. She even followed it up by emailing me words to the same effect. Now I did two things on the heels of that meeting. Firstly, I printed out the email to keep in my bag, drawer, pocket, and on my wall. Secondly, I started to do what she said and only what she said. At first she would just tell me the jobs that needed completing, but she only got worse when she noticed the work wasn't getting done and started to tell me how to do things. Again, I complied and only did exactly what she told me and how she told me to do it. If she missed a step in her instructions, I would either skip it if I could move on, or ask her again to explain as I couldn't figure it out. I was a darn good employee. I even went out of my way to start asking her what I should be doing and how, after every task. If she wasn't in the area, which was very common, I would just wait for her to come back. If she wanted to micromanage me, I would make her work for it. She was getting nothing done, we were getting further and further behind, this went on for about a month. The reputation of our section was tinking internally and externally. Enter Michelle, Agatha's boss. She noticed all my questions and the general drop in productivity, morale, and reputation. She pulled me aside and asked me what was happening, considering I'm normally so competent and efficient, and don't ask many questions about how to do the work. Small aside, Michelle was a fantastic boss and generally preferred a more hands-off approach when she could. She was clearly giving Agatha enough rope to either make a ladder or something else. Okay, back to the story. I explained to Michelle how Agatha was managing me and I was just trying to help her management style by leaning into it. I also showed her Agatha's email. At this point, I estimated I could get everything caught up in about a week without working any extended hours if things changed. Michelle, being a good boss, simply asked what it would take for me to go back to working the way I always have. I only asked to not be managed by Agatha anymore. I could have been much more insidious with my request, but I only wanted to be left alone to do my work. To my surprise, it worked. I immediately started reporting directly to Michelle. I got the work caught up in three days, surpassing even my own expectations. As for Agatha, she started to have her work examined a lot more closely, including her overall output since, I found out later, she was trying to blame me for her low work output. 
It turned out that I was in fact the solution. Michelle ended up sharing Agatha's workload between the two of us, and we really didn't notice much difference. Agatha, however, did notice a difference, as she was shuffled into another area of the department, one with a lot less responsibility and a whole heck of a lot less promotion opportunity. I ran into Agatha again after I'd moved around the country a few times. I ended up back in the same office, but a different section. Agatha was still in the same crappy position, same level too. Her personal reputation was so bad that only a handful of people would actually work with her. It felt good to know how stuck she was, slash presumably still is. So, kind of similar to OP's analogy, it's like Michelle here gave Agatha some rope, and instead of using it to help themselves, they somehow managed to continue digging a hole with rope. Quite impressive, but they managed to do it somehow. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of malicious compliance, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is... All she had to do was listen to me. Background. I live in Mexico and work for the federal government in what is the executive department that oversees everything related to social development. The way this is set up is there's the cabinet secretary of this department who then delegates authority to other officials who are responsible for the duties pertaining to this department in each state. State delegates. There are 32 states in Mexico, so there are 32 state delegates. These state delegates, then within their states, transfer responsibilities to regional directors. In Mexico, states are divided administratively in municipalities. I live in a mid-sized state that's divided in seven regions. Each region has roughly the same population. There are four municipalities in my region. Others have more. One region only has one. So the regional directors perform their duties helped by two assistant directors and a municipal coordinator. This was my role, who's in charge of the employees assigned to each municipality. This story is not about what our duties are to our role in improving the well-being of individuals through the diverse programs the federal government has. This is a story about the role we played during the COVID-19 vaccination. The national vaccination campaign was carried out by the armed forces, who were in charge of safeguarding the vaccines. The health secretary workers, doctors and nurses, in charge of applying the vaccines, and the secretary I work for in charge of logistics. This meant that we had to decide where the vaccine sites would be and were in charge of getting people into them and vaccinated. We started in December 2020, being among the first 10 countries in the world to carry out vaccinations, attending first-line responders to the pandemic, and by February, started with the population 60 and over. It's at this stage where the story takes place. In order to get vaccinated, people had to register online and print a voucher. Our job at site was to check their voucher and ID, write on their voucher the information of the vaccine they would get. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We would rip the vouchers in half, keep one. We also had to upload this information to the government's platform give the other to the person, and send them on to triage and now in the hands of the health sector. Story My city was first in the state to vaccinate older adults, and the first day was somewhat chaotic, as would pretty much be the first day of the subsequent age groups. Vaccinates got to the site late, but we managed, and four days later had vaccinated over 60,000 older adults. Seeing that things had not gone as we had foreseen, an assistant director from my region and I were sent to another region to help them with their first vaccine process for older adults. We get there the night before, accompanied by the state delegate, who introduced us to the regional director and his team, and even though he never stated that we would be in charge of the two vaccine sites that would open, he insisted that each of the site coordinators should heed our advice. So we divided the team, got to know who was the SD I'd be working with, and called a night. We would begin with the vaccination at 9 in the morning. So I got to the site I was assigned to at 7, and was surprised that people, kids or grandkids of who would be vaccinated, had actually slept there, making a line so their family members would be among the first vaccinated. There were roughly 100 people in line by this time. I find the SC and her team, 14 employees, 20 volunteers, and she starts assigning people to the different tasks we had to do. She sent four people to the door, five people uploading the information, 15 of the volunteers she said would help the health sector, and the remaining 12 would be doing the ID and voucher verification. I immediately told her this was a terrible idea. Firstly, that the vaccine would most likely not get there on time, then that the verification process took some time, and she had to assign as much people to this task. She had to send people out to the line to make sure the people in line had just their voucher and ID in hand and ready. Older adults tend to bring all their personal documents, also identify who among them was more vulnerable and send them out to the line, and forget to upload information right now as there were people all over the country trying to upload it. It would be really slow to even try. The line outside kept growing. She said to me how she'd already planned everything out, and although she thanked me for my input, she knew she was confident this would work out. Now I could have insisted. I could have called my assistant director who was with her regional director at the other site, him not having any of the issues I was, but ultimately decided to let things play out, and was assigned to actually go help the health sector where they'd had me handing out waters in the triage area. At 9, and with the vaccine being late, she starts letting people in and through the verification process. At 9.50, the vaccinate had not arrived yet, and I get a call from the state delegate. I say, yeah, what's up? State delegate says, there's a 1.5.9 mile line outside your site. Now, people weren't socially distancing. That was a line of people right next to each other. What are you doing to get the people inside fast? I said, I don't know what SC is doing. I'm handing out water in the triage area. The state delegate says, what? I say, yeah, even though I told SC her plan was a terrible idea, she said she knew best and sent me to help health sector. They say, hold on, and he hangs up on me. Not even five minutes later, SC comes and finds me, walking towards me with her tail between her legs, looking totally defeated, and just says, so how do you suggest we organize ourselves? 
I really did feel sorry for her, so I just said pull all the people you sent to help here in triage and send a verification, pull everyone from uploading and send a verification, I'll go outside, leave just one at the door, the other three and you come outside with me. Have one of them go along the line sending people to the front and we'll check that the people have their documents in hand and signed off that it's all good so the people in verification just write in vaccine information and rip vouchers in half. Took us about 3 hours to get the almost 2,000 people in line inside. People kept coming till 6, which is when we closed, but they didn't have to wait more than 15 minutes to get in. Honestly, what a nightmare. If I was an OP situation, I would find it very hard to bite my tongue and watch, as this whole thing is totally bungled, when it's something as important or serious to all of these people as getting this vaccine, and just watching it pile up like a car crash in slow motion. This next story is, if he says it's his, it's his. You sure you want to go with that? A tale from about 10 years ago, so obviously conversations are to the best of memory. Anywho, like most public places, our library had a lost and found box. Located under the desk, people could ask, Did you find... But you know how that works. Until, as time marches on, we get a new boss. Karen seems overused, but since my post was removed for using an acronym, Karen it shall be. Karen did not like our lost and found setup. Instead, things had to go on a shelf behind the desk so everyone could see everything and maybe remember that they'd lost a particular item. This policy lasted maybe a week before we noticed a big problem. As public places tend to do, we attracted our fair share of idiots and jerks, including Jim. He came in one morning and upon seeing this new shelf of treasures, immediately claims everything on the shelf is his. That glittery pink onesie? His. That well-used pacifier? His. That one odd glove that had been sitting in the box for months? His. We all knew darn well that it wasn't his and said so, and every time Karen would override us. If he says it's his, it's his. Give it to him. Besides, he's clearing out the stuff, so who cares? Until the almost final straw. One of our regulars was a mom and her kid. Toddler age, could walk, but had a stroller just in case. Usually well behaved and always had Mr. Giraffe with him. And one day, Mr. Giraffe somehow got left behind. We immediately called the mom. They hadn't even made it home yet and kiddo's having a meltdown. She says she's turning the car around and should arrive in about 20 minutes. No worries, we'll take good care of him. Showed kiddo a picture of Mr. G checking out a book. Disaster averted. Or so we thought. Karen decrees that Mr. G be placed on the shelf with everything else. Just in time for jerk Jim to spot it and declare it his. The entire building staff is yelling that it is not his. Mom is on her way to get it, etc. But Karen will not be moved. She hands it over anyways because he says it's his. Sure enough, mom comes and... No Mr. Giraffe. But we know where he is. Someone gets Karen out of her office and, as a group, heads straight for Jim. Demand he return the giraffe, and of course he has no clue what we're talking about. Strange thing about kids sometimes, they see closer to the ground. And sure enough, Mr. Giraffe is poking out of Jim's backpack. Kiddo grabs it with a shout of joy and all Karen can do is stammer, but, but he said it was his, while the rest of us are saying we told you it wasn't. Now you would think we were done. But we haven't gotten to the malicious compliance yet. Sorry, y'all. So get to the malicious compliance already. Shortly after the giraffe incident, Karen and Jim are still playing their games. 
Karen heads to a conference and leaves behind a very distinctive, very expensive-looking water cooler slash tumbler. Bigger than a one-cup morning commute mug, but not a big jug either, which, you can see this coming, Jim immediately claims is his. I swear he was almost hopping with glee at his latest find. A week later, Karen returns, only to find that Jim has her cooler. She tries to confront him, but all I have to do is say it's mine and they have to give it to me. That's the rule. We finally got our box beneath the desk that afternoon, and Jim had to describe anything he was going to try making a claim on. 100% the box under the desk is the way it should be. I've always seen like TV shows with the lost and found being depicted as like a shelf full of goodies. And it seems like to somebody who doesn't care about how other people would feel about their lost stuff being claimed, they would see it as like a prize rack. Like, okay, scummy 35-year-old, pick the toy you want this time. Like, of course, it doesn't affect this Karen and she will not budge until it literally affects them personally. Then all of a sudden it makes perfect sense to not have it fully on display for anybody to just claim. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 